Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom from Jerusalem. This is Watchmen Talk, a series of conversations with Israeli military and security experts and practitioners. And our uh, guest for a second part of our conversation is uh, Reserve Brigadier General Dr. Ephraim Lapid. Welcome back. Welcome. Now, um, your uh, unit at that time called uh, 848, later renamed uh, 8200, uh, obviously, one of uh, the best-known such units in the world, the equivalent uh, of the NSA in the United States and GCHQ in Great Britain and, and other such uh, units, um, was very disappointed by what happened on the eve of the Yom Kippur War. You thought uh, you had uh, all the uh, capability and the facilities for uh, early war warning, but for some reason it wasn't deciphered uh, this way by uh, the echelons above you. What happened? This is still, until today, we are almost uh, 50 years after, it is still an enigma for us to understand what happened. Your very simple question, what happened, we, we know the facts. Uh, it, it was for us a surprise that after we collected uh, hundreds of uh, pieces of information about uh, op uh, operations uh, in the Egyptian arena and in the Syrian arena, and we uh, uh, were sure that all these uh, uh, practices are in the... Uh, uh, in the scale of a uh, strategic exercise. Such a big uh, fault, such a big fault, which few hundreds of Israeli uh, intelligence officers were involved, and no one uh, indicated uh, seriously that we are in a big mistake. But you know, it's very interesting because, uh, of course, there is this rivalry between Mossad and Amman, Amman being military intelligence. And one of the key people um, at Mossad uh, uh, later claimed that he doesn't understand uh, how this assessment failure could come about because the items spoke for themselves. Obviously, and you were a spokesman later, obviously, uh, items do not speak for themselves. One must interpret them. I attended every day in the last 10 days, in the last 10 days before the war, every day there was a meeting of 20 to 25 people from all uh, functions of the intelligence. 
from uh, the Egyptian uh, department, from the Syrian department, from the Air Force, the Navy, uh, the uh, Southern Command, and, and so on. 20 to 25 people. Military intelligence or Mossad Military intelligence, and sometimes also some representatives of uh, Mossad, but at that time the Mossad had not a responsibility also to uh, analyze the in information. They were uh, uh, defined as a collection organization. But back to the meeting, a daily meeting that at the end of two, three hours every day that we checked the information, the uh, head of the forum, who was the head of the uh, analysis uh, department, asked, Does, is there anyone here that thinks differently? Please tell us. And no one stood. And uh, it, it is not only a poem. This was the reality. A group, and, and, you ask, and you asked me how, how it happened. Even today, I don't have a considerable uh, uh, understanding how it happened. But, but there is, there is um, a possible explanation, at least a partial one. There are uh, certain pieces of information which have to do with your political masters or about have to do with the uh, secret diplomacy between Golda Meir and Henry Kissinger, to which uh, uniformed personnel are not privy to and therefore are not uh, capable of making the net assessment. I, I'm not sure that this, this is an important fact, of course, but I'm not sure that this is the explanation. What we did not have is the level of intention. We had the level of facilities. We knew what is going on more or less, more or less in the area, near the Suez Canal, near the Golan Heights from the Syrian uh, arena. We did not have, we uh, spoke before uh, about a uh, 67 event of two leaders of uh, King Hussein and President uh, Abdel Nasser at, uh, six, at 73, six years later, after we were so uh, impressed from our success in 67, we did not have this level of intention. Between Sadat and Assad. Between Sadat and Assad. And we, although we have to mention here the important role of King Hussein, who bravely came to Israel, came to Israel, not only sent the information by, but came to Israel personally to uh, our Prime Minister Golda Meir to share with her, really to share with her his feelings that a war is coming. And even after I tell it now, and I, I am uh, uh, deeply, deeply concerned about our failure that how after all the indicators that we had, we did not succeed to have our highest mission to give the early warning that a war is coming. So, so the problem really is uh, not 
within intelligence, but above it and around it. Uh, in, uh, for the uh, decision makers on the civilian and military side, the command echelons, to set as a default what they have to do if they are not certain that this is not a war, uh, an imminent attack. Exactly. And I can say, uh, of course, we can never say never again, but one of the highest important lessons of 73 is that uh, all the Israelis, and I think also many in, uh, intelligence services in the world understand that intelligence is, of course, uh, sufficient. Intelligence is uh, um, a basic tool to uh, make decisions, but it's not enough. And you have to be prepared also to a case that you don't have uh, enough information and you have to be prepared also to uh, uh, operate without all the uh, options. But, uh, but wasn't uh, the real failure uh, one of imagination and also of what one uh, may consider a cost-effective approach by which the Israelis were too clever by half, saying, aha, Sadat may want us to believe that he is going to attack us so that we will offer diplomatic concessions without him making any move, so we are not going to play into his hands. We will consider it as if he is not going to attack us. In 67, we initiated. We were the first. And uh, we suffered from the uh, public uh, opinion, uh, international public opinion, that uh, we were the aggressors. So uh, it was in the back of mind of our leaders that we don't want to, uh, even in, in the sake of... Uh, uh, of gaining the preventing, military advantage. Preventing, preventing the war to start... To start so, but rather to absorb the first blow. And uh, we thought that uh, we are able... So what was the, the lesson? Of course, this was a very bitter experience uh, and uh, the most traumatic experience in the 74 years of uh, the State of Israel. But what was the professional lesson which was then uh, implemented in the second uh, business? The lesson was to all units, not only to the SIGINT. The first important lesson, which exists uh, until today, is the explanation and the uh, uh, wisdom is not according the rank. The sergeant can give a wonderful explanation, sometimes better than the major and better than the colonel. And, and uh, it's not only a phrase, it is reality, and we see that... Uh, in intelligence, much more than in other services, uh, the abilities of uh, junior uh, staff, uh, especially in a country in which the military service is compulsory and we get the best people uh, from uh, every year, 
which doesn't exist if you are a professional uh, military organization. So uh, the, I think I can say, uh, based on my uh, direct uh, contact with the intelligence today, that uh, this lesson uh, is uh, very, very uh, deep uh, in the rows of intelligence. How did cyber uh, shape uh, SIGINT? Uh, it uh, grew first as a sort of a, a stepbrother, and then, um, at least in, in public uh, imagination, seems to have taken over. Yes. The big, the big change is that uh, uh, the role of the, le- the language, the role of the text, the role of the meaning is uh, secondary to the role of the different seg- segments. Uh, we know the numbers of telephone, we know the numbers of uh, uh, different uh, facilities. We uh, we have uh, uh, the code word, or we have uh, the, the algorithm, and, and the mix of uh, different sources. That uh, cyber uh, is the major one, but not only. Uh, today we can say that if we know the room in the seventh floor uh, with the telephone of a, a person in the seventh floor, we, we compare it also with the information from the visual, from the satellite. We compare it with the information uh, of uh, a, a human source that a we spy. have there. So uh, 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 this mix is a daily work which did not exist in the past. But um, a question which may be similar to what we talked about in our first part regarding the conversation between King Hussein and President Nasser. Who makes the decision uh, when you uh, hear a conversation whether to jam the channel and then the other side cannot give orders or to use it to plant um, fake information to, to deceive. Um, you have three different functions here. Exactly. And, and one of them uh, is being done by um, electronic warfare, not by intelligence. Exactly. And uh, today, uh, when I said today, uh, in the last decades, uh, the cooperation between the uh, jamming unit, which uh, is a part of a, a different service, but uh, nowadays, when we say services, the, the cooperation is very, very close. The Air Force, the Navy, the Communication uh, Corp, and the, and the intelligence, we have centers uh, in which uh, representatives of all these uh, organizations uh, sit once uh, to get all together, and but, uh, but who's calling the shots? Who's the commander? There is in, in every center there is a commander. It can be the commander of the southern command or commander of the northern command. And uh, I, I feel, uh, I really, I feel that uh, all the troubles that we had in the past 
including, of course, the personal competition, uh, which was a, a, a major play. But all, all, I, I, I can't say that all uh, is over, but most is over. Human nature changed. Uh, human nature uh, was composed... Or oh, just organizational culture. ...with technology. So technology uh, um, had uh, a, a certain benefit on the gaps. Now, General Lapid, uh, you were in charge of the Israeli OSINT uh, unit. Uh, at that time, uh, newspapers, dailies, weeklies uh, were still uh, prominent. You had radio stations, you had TV, tel- television uh, channels, uh, but, uh, but no social internet. media uh, at that yeah. time. Yes. Um, what is the purpose right now, and how important is it to monitor um, media in general? Um, and uh, is it uh, an effective tool for decision makers? Let's take uh, two different arenas. Let's take Syria and the Palestinian Authority. In, the, in Syria, the civil war of the last decade, our, when I say our, I include also the West that uh, monitor uh, what is going on in Syria. The social media is the major, major uh, source of information. Much more than the formal information... Which is censored or controlled by the government. Exactly. When we take the West Bank, we have in the West Bank one million, one million... uh, uh, Users. Users of social media. And we, we, uh, uh, we control, when I say not 100%, but we control them in order... To get not really the, the indicator, well, you use the word control. Monitor, you mean? You you well, don't. I, I I say I say control because it's not only monitoring uh, personally to to uh, to have the access to every piece of information, but if if I take uh, a car with the indication of the number of the car, which has a certain source of back information. And we know uh, with the uh, face of the uh, person there, uh, some, something about who is he. And the credit card in, with which he pays at the gas station. And so, therefore, I, I say control, I which is much more than monitoring. No, but, and, but you don't manipulate their behavior. No, no, you no. watch over them. I, I don't manipulate. I, I control it only in order to prevent, in order to prevent a terror attack. I give this description of one million uh, social media uh, uh, users to show that there, there are no, it's not like uh, in the Egyptian military from the headquarter to the uh, division or brigade. Division and, and brigade. We, we have to see a, a unique person, 17 years old, who took a knife from the kitchen of his mother and uh, go to the terminal of, uh, of the train and stab uh, an Israeli. So uh, this is... A, so uh, you, do, you do it by um, having a regular pattern 
-hmm. And if you see an anomaly, you see someone behaving outside the norm, obviously with the help of uh, artificial intelligence, so, so much data. Exactly. Um, so, so Israel has become very proficient in it. Very proficient. And it's especially because the challenge is a daily challenge. If, if I compare it to European countries, that we, we are in close contact with uh, different European countries, the Scandinavians and the Western uh, uh, European uh, countries, they have also uh, the uh, threat of uh, international terror. They also have to, uh, uh, to, to open eye to a person who landed now from uh, Saudi Arabia or from Qatar or from, uh, or from Heathrow uh, because he, uh, it's uh, his uh, third station. But what we had in Israel, what we have to do in Israel with the 360 degrees of, on one hand, the uh, nuclear threat, and on the other hand, uh, the threat of a person with a knife. Uh, in Hebrew, it's misakin uh, adgarin. It's, uh, it's, it's from, a from, uh, from knife to nuclear. F- from knife, knife to nuclear. For uh, and, uh, imagine that from knife to nuclear is not only two different words. It's it's sometimes two different arenas and two different state of minds. General Lapid, uh, uh, your career <laughs> is uh, too long to encompass in two short uh, conversations, but um, let's try to move because obviously your material was communications. Um, you dealt with uh, the way Israel's enemies communicated with each other, tried to hide their intentions and capabilities, and then you become as a seasoned intelligence officer, the spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces, you have to contend with journalists. You want to speak through them or even to bypass them to speak to the Israeli public. How did you make this transition? On one hand, everyone that uh, checked the formalities, that I was in the hidden side of... uh, collecting information, and now I have to uh, uh, expose it uh, to the world. But the discipline, until the exposure, is the same discipline. I had to collect a lot of information. I had uh, to see the priorities. I had to see what is uh, major, what is secondary. I had uh, to uh, frame it and uh, to, to use the, the best words and to use the best timing. All these highlights are relevant to intelligence and relevant to uh, spokesmanship, the, the way that we convey messages to the world. After all, this, uh, uh, to be a spokesman, uh, different from uh, being an uh, intelligence officer, uh, it is also, it, it includes also some different interest, different interest. Uh, I don't publish all what I know. I don't publish all what is done. I have to select on one hand what is important from the 
interest of the organization that I'm uh, the ambassador, mainly the military and the security uh, system, the defense system. And on the other hand, I have to see uh, the uh, techniques of the uh, journalist, because the journalists are not the target. They are the medium. Really, the term medium means that we convey the messages, and if you want, not messages, we convey the information, because journalists doesn't like that we use the, the term message. So we convey the information to the public. The public can be in Israel, the public can be in West Europe, the public can be in the uh, Arab world, the public can be in, in the uh, parliament. But, but in intelligence work, deception is legitimate, is to be expected. Uh, it's um, a war of wits with the other side. And uh, sometimes um, uh, you deceive either by uh, deed, by action, or by words. On the other hand, the Israeli press would not have accepted any, any deception by you. Exactly. I think, I think that uh, in, the, in the first years of Israel, in the same unit was also a section of what we called at that time psychological warfare. And uh, more or less in uh, 73, after, after the uh, war, uh, you separated we, we, we totally we totally separated it and I think that if you had to uh, to uh, pinpoint one word of a spokesperson reliability reliability he can be wise he can be less wise credibility but credibility and uh, the uh, fact that you have to be responsible of all what you uh, publish. That's the most important uh, in, in uh, a couple In a couple of lines, because our time is running short, what was your uh, opinion of the Israeli press following your uh, some five years of sponsorship and the, your six decades of knowledge? I think that the, the Israeli uh, press is uh, committed to the reality of Israel, I think, much more than uh, uh, in the international uh, 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 sphere of uh, uh, information, because the journalists and the heads of this organization are citizens of the same country. So they are Israeli they are patriots first and... Uh, they are responsible and for... Professionals later. But they still are professionals. And there is also a contradictory uh, so, interest. So let's take this praise rather than explore it further and uh, end here. Uh, Brigadier General in the Reserves, uh, Ephraim Lapid, Dr. Lapid, thank you very much. We will surely meet again um, in the near future, but for the time being, thank you very much. This has been another edition of Watchmen Talk with General Ephraim Lapid. We will be back with another episode soon.
Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.